Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Chelsea podcast. I am Chaz. And once again, I have the mighty mooch with me. How are you doing, fella? I'm good. I'm good. Well, yeah. Yeah, mixed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, look, I don't, I don't really know at start. I it's uh, other than you know, as I said to you on the day, one step forward, forward ten steps back. Um, how are you feeling after a after a day of mulling it all? Not better. Like, <laughs> like you know, we, we, the other the other losses we've had and and sort of unfortunate draws. Mm. Um, you know, we've 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 played. Um, you know, after the initial sort of uh, disappointment and you know reflection on the game, we've always come back on with a positive sort of. You know what? Actually, well, these were the positives from it, and I'm struggling this week with. Uh, Sort of eking any sort of positive out of uh, the performance from from uh, the lads on Saturday, and it it, it was disappoint. It's disappointing, really. You know, it, it's it's yeah. it's um, it's an, a a yo yo of a season performance wise. Um, mm. Well, results wise, and and now it's looking like it's performance wise as well. Because we even in our previous losses, we've we played okay. Yeah. Uh, it was a capitulation and. Um, showed the real sort of lack of maturity uh, with some of the some of the players and uh, and and the team as a whole um mm. so yeah it i i, I yeah uh, how about yourself I mean, well, yeah well, well i mean watching it watching it for a second time i did the, the normal thing of calming down and feeling a bit better than i had after watching it the first time but um and you know we'll we'll come on to talk about it more, but at the end of the day, it, we did we absolutely shot ourselves in the foot. And what is most annoying for me about it is that it comes after you know a few performances that were really very positive and really um, you know it seemed like we might have turned a corner. And it's not like Newcastle were one of those teams that played you know ten men behind the ball the whole game like some of the other ones we've played, and which of course is frustration in the past. However. Um, I think um, we'll move on to the specifics of the game a little bit more in a moment, but I'd like to bring in our guest this week. We're very pleased to have with us uh, a, a, a famous denizen of the uh, Chelsea Literati, uh, CFC UK contributor, uh, the author of Sexton for God, um, Stanford Bridge is Falling Down, and... Um, uh, Diamonds, dynamos, diamonds, and dynamos and devils, which I actually have on my own bookshelf right here. So I, it's a bit stupid of me not to be able to just read it off that. Um, <laughs> and former chairman of the uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust too, Mr. Tim Rolls. Tim, thanks so much for joining us tonight. You're very welcome. Um, just thinking, talking 
about what Mooch has just said, really. I mean, you know, the, a sort of massive sense of deflation for us. Are you feeling the same? Um, where do, yeah, where, I mean, where are you coming at it from? Well, I'm lucky enough to I've, I've seen, I've been to every game this season. So hmm. you can sort of put it into context. And I thought before the game, we were saying, well, you know, we were really good against City most of the time. At least we were fighting against City. Hmm. And, you know, T- Tottenham was a strange game, but at least we kept it going. And at half time, we were saying, well, this isn't so bad. You know, we might get some out of this. And then after half time, it just it just fell apart. Yeah. I thought that um, Eddie Howe clearly got at their players and told them, you know, to change things. And he did. They did. And we didn't seem to have, have any answer to it at all. And I thought, uh, you know, individual errors, uh, lack of leadership, lack of fights, lack of a plan B, lack of a plan A after after the, <laughs> you know, towards the end of the game. And my friend Chris, who was next to me, the away end at Newcastle, for those who don't know, is very high up. Yes. So you, you get a very good, although you're miles away, you get a very good view of what's happening on the pitch. And my, he said to me, they're going to get this to Gordon. And they duly gave it to Gordon. And he said, and Gordon's going to score. And Gordon duly scored. We we didn't seem to have any way of, of, of stopping them. And I think, you know, it, we've... We, I know we're a work in progress. You can be a work in progress forever. But we seem to have regressed. Or, or maybe Eddie Howe is just more tactically astute than, well, I, was, I wouldn't say than Guardiola, but certainly, you know, he, he obviously got things right and, and we obviously got things wrong. Yeah, I think they, I mean, it felt to me that they came at us a bit more in the second half. And I think, you know, I, we, we touched on some previous losses where we were probably the better side, probably deserved to win. Uh, wasn't for want of effort. Maybe it was a bit about, you know, having just a bit enough wit about us to break down difficult defences. This was nothing like that. I mean, um, Newcastle gave us some space to play. Um, I thought we started pretty well. And I thought, although overall we probably weren't the better side in the first half, we did enough to, to suggest that we would have stayed you know, in the race, we would have stayed at the races till the end of the game. And of course, it absolutely didn't end up like that. Um, why, why, from your vantage point in the stands, did you feel like there was anything noticeably different from the, the Spurs and City matches? I mean, was it because it, 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 it's not about the quality? I don't believe it's about the quality of the opposition. Um, you know, uh, City are obviously the best side in the country. So why why the big change, do you feel? Well, I think one thing was that I think they Sterling doesn't track back to cover Cucurella, and I yeah. think Howe got onto that certainly second half. He, he, they were onto that, so maybe you know they looked at film of us, and the others didn't do that. But we we don't. We have, and also, I mean, we didn't have was it Kaikado? Uh, he, mm. he, he he only yeah. came on. Yeah. But I thought Fernandez was 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 pretty poor, and mm. these you know these guys. I accept they've been away and they've come back, so it's you know it's difficult after an international break. But you know these guys at some point need to step up. These are expensive players. People yeah. won World Cups, and uh, you know other teams seem to get players hitting the ground running. You know if you take Rice or Ward Prowse and Madison, and yet here we are a third of the way through the season, and we're still not our midfield still isn't. It doesn't like seem to quite work at times. Yeah, Playing we're like not. We're not pre- we're not protecting the back four properly. Mm. And and at one stage in the second half, I think we needed to and we didn't. 
and they don't score any goals. You know, yeah. so well, you know, it's, it's it's a problem. I would say, you know, yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say is that, as I say, you could argue, and again, I'm not trying to say that we were the better side or we would have gone on and won, but if it wasn't for two absolutely crazy minutes of two minutes of, well, some defensive stupidity and then a cock up on on the part of one of our normally most reliable players, you know, we might still have been in it right until the end. So it's... Were we were we bad? This is what I can't quite work out. Certainly on second watch, I mean, I think we were, and I think we've all, you know, and no lesser person as Poch thinks we were. Mooch, what do you reckon? We were we was it a was it a, a lack of quality, or could we put it down to a, a bad day at the office? Well, I think when we've had so many bad days at the office and that's the only consistency that we've had it's that's where the issue comes because we we know this team uh, has got a lot of talented individuals we know because we've paid hundreds of millions of pounds for them um they've had great seasons at other clubs um they're not gelling and having that consistent level of performance that you need to uh, build momentum and and uh, and challenge uh, for the top four for the title for cups, um, and I think that is um, that is what's missing. That yeah. individually, we all know they're excellent players. It's just uh, that that team performance that, that is lacking, and 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 again the consistency and it's, the frustration is is being shown from the fans and the manager. But I mean, I think that's the question, though, isn't it? We're, what was what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is it is it is it that it's just 10 11 games or whatever it's been so far this season and it's still early because basically this is a team that you know the vast majority of which wasn't with us last year or hasn't played many games to, you know certainly this this 11 this starting 11 hadn't hasn't played many games together whatsoever or is it because we're getting stuff wrong i i mean i want to give a lot of leeway to the team because they are so young and because they a lot of them are so new you know even if not this season then you know perhaps since the the beginning of the uh, sorry the winter break of the previous season um are we there is this stuff that is that tim that you think is is going to be easily surmountable given the proper amount of work work and time together well we got we're missing a couple of players through injury and what sure. have you, but then so is everyone else. Mm. You know, if you look across the, the uh, across the Premier League, I, I think you know our best player the last until Saturday last few games has been Palmer, and I think they did a job on Palmer. They they managed to negate his you know his talent to the extent that the third goal, if I remember correctly, was him passing it back to to Silver because yeah. he was he was so deep because they sort of harried him in, in, into being so deep. Yeah. So I mean we have we have got players coming back. We've got we've got Chilwell coming back. We've got Mkuku coming back. Maybe we'll buy a striker. But you know from what we saw certainly in the second half, I it it it, it you wonder whether Saturday was the outlier or in fact the second yeah. half against Tottenham and some of the City game was the outlier. And I think you know Brighton and Man United will tell us and Everton indeed will yeah. tell us quite a lot about which way it's going to go. Absolutely. Um, but there was there was a it was pretty dispiriting on 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 Saturday because okay yeah we 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 didn't mark for the second goal the third was a 
an aberration by a player who is normally one of our most reliable. But you know, that that happened, and and we didn't at that point we didn't have any response. And I thought that yeah. what worries me is the lack of leadership. And you know, once um, James is captain, but you know, where's Fernandez? Where's Still, yeah. where's the more experienced still where's Sterling they yeah. are experienced players they played internationals they won trophies and yet they're they were stepping back rather than stepping forward I felt when we when we needed sorting out you know yeah no I absolutely agree and I think um you know we've talked about youth and lack of obvious leaders that's been a little bit more perhaps when we haven't had uh James on the pitch but you know I don't think one man um Whatever you think of his leadership skills, he's going to make he's going to make all the difference. But um, I mean, we'll, we'll come back to him a little in a in a little bit. But you touched on the um, the midfield as well. I mean, I'm I, I think you know I think we've got three extraordinarily talented players there. Um, no one's working harder than Conor Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Enzo has got a lot of quality about him. He's got a marvelous pass in him. Um, good vision, Caicedo may grow into be into being you know somewhere in the ballpark of of Kante at some point um uh, obviously we missed him from the start not having him from the start which I can only assume was uh, you know a, an issue about him coming back you know tired from uh, international duty but then uh, for me that as you, as you say there's not enough connect between Again, between the defence and the midfield, and the midfield and the and the attackers. And the other thing I find concerning is that we're not scoring. Those players aren't scoring at all. In fact, if the goals aren't coming uh, from um, Sterling and Nicholas Jackson, they're not really coming from anywhere other than Cole Palmer's penalties. Yeah, okay, we've had a couple of defenders not one in, um, but really we. That is also a, a massive worry to me. I can't, still can't quite understand why Enzo and Connor at least aren't having more chances, more more attempts on goal. What do you think, Mitch? No, I, I'm I'm dumbfounded by it too. You know, I want to see Connor Gallagher, you know, firing a rocket in. Um, I want to see Enzo get a shot on target <laughs> and and it's it's it just doesn't seem to be happening this season um it, especially you know when, when we come up against teams not newcastle but you know where, where where there is a low block we want to be able to 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 have a long-range effort but they're not they're not coming we're not we're not we're not scoring and it is frustrating um and i don't know if uh if it's just we're trying to just unlock defences rather than just take a shot, have a well, pop. I mean, certainly, Tim, I don't know if you th- if you feel it was um, uh, any different on Saturday, but in, uh, in the games I've been to at the bridge this season, there's been a lot of disquiet on the, uh, in the terraces when we have perhaps overplayed, although that has tended yeah. to be more, to, that's tended to be more to be fair against the teams who play the low block. But um, I, it, it felt there were one or two moments. There was a, there was an absolutely brilliant um, attack on about the half hour mark where we played the ball uh, first time, lots of touches. Uh, the passes were sharp. We got a lot of players into the box. We were sort of flooding, you know, the, the final third. And it ended with a an Enzo shot, which um, their keeper saved, which, which Pope knocked away. That's exactly how I feel 
we should be playing. Um, and that's how we have the chance to play against teams like Newcastle. What do do you get that same sense of disquiet after that, and certainly after in throughout the second half, the the past it became so stodgy. It became the passing became so uh, laboured, and we were looking at backward passes and sideways passes all the time. And the movement wasn't quite good enough. Was were you getting the same vibe? Was was there a sense of disquiet on the terraces? I, I think there was a sense of sense of disquiet, and there has been, you know, for large parts of last season and oh, God, parts yeah. of this. We're, we're you know, we're very good at passing it sideways. We're not incisive, and mm. uh, you know, and I, I just think good teams have worked us out. And I think we'll find maybe on Sunday that maybe Brighton will Brighton will work us out. And um, yeah, we did we did have one nice move, and you know, the free kick was a, was a, was a good. You know, Sterling's yeah. goal was an excellent Beautiful goal. Mm. But you know, I mean, I'm not a great one for xG stats and what have you. But <laughs> we we didn't we didn't seem to me from where I was, and you know talking to people I was with them uh, on the train on the way back. We didn't seem to me to be creating creating that many chances. And mm. that, that's a concern. I know, as I say, we've got injuries, but 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 everybody's got injuries. And I think James, whether James isn't fully fit or because he's captain, he feels he's got to hold back, but he's not tanking up the field. Mm. Uh, Cucurella, if he does it and Sterling's not covering for him and we lose the ball, there's a there's an issue there. And um, you know, hopefully Chilwell will be back soon. But you know, hopefully, you know, doesn't doesn't sort of pay the yeah, bills. You, you, we need to we need to start doing it. And I think a, a, a big problem, frankly, is that you know Jackson has got what six league goals this season, mm. but he doesn't look on on the evidence of games like that. He looks out of his depth, and I'm, I'm not. Yeah. You know, it's not his fault. He wasn't. I'm not sure he was bought to be the no. to lead the line in the first thirteen <laughs> league games of the season. You know, um, and that's the that's the way the, the way that it's gone. But he didn't offer the threat. Sterling looked good in in spells, but you're right, Gallagher when he was at Palace and the times with Chelsea in the past has looked like a goal scorer. He doesn't look like a goal scorer at the moment. No, I mean and, yeah. that's the only way. I, that's the only reason I'd fault uh, Connor at the moment. Really, yeah. uh, you know, he's 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 almost doing the work of two men. I mean, this is the thing, uh, and you touched on that lack of incisiveness and really that is what i mean uh, people uh, you know long running gag now on this uh, podcast tim but um i i i haven't yet drunk the cold palmer kool-aid and i i want to see him doing so much more in terms of providing a killer pass into the box or at least a, a killer pass to someone steaming down the outside who then puts a, a hard cross in hard low cross in which we get on the end of don't see that Enzo. I mean, I feel even worse with Enzo because Enzo is a a multi million pound yeah. player who's won a World Cup. Um, you know, he was supposed to be the man who was going to be doing exactly that, particularly this season when he was going to have a few less descent, defensive responsibilities, and he was going to open up defenses. And that's really what we're not doing any of that. No, no, and that's a concern. You know, we're what we've had sixteen games this season, so mm. you know. People should have found their feet. He should have found a way of playing with his colleagues, and it doesn't. That doesn't seem to have worked. So I, I don't know. I, I just fear we're going to splutter around. We'll have the odd game when we do score a few. City, City, and Spurs were great, but as I say, it'd be interesting whether we revert to that or or Saturday becomes you yeah. know more of the norm. More of the norm. You know? I mean, I, I'm sort of. I wonder. You know, I want to believe that this is just a question of. Training, gelling, uh, 
you know, gaining the maturity, gaining a little bit of the maturity or a little bit of the savvy that uh, Mooch alluded to that perhaps we're, we're missing at the moment. That's what I want to believe that it's, it's coming. And, you know, there's no reason to think that if you kept these, to think that if you kept these players together, they wouldn't go on and um, and do something, you know, and, and be much higher up the league in a couple of seasons. But this is Chelsea. Who wants to wait that long? Um, I mean, are we... I, I, I can't yet work out whether or not this is a question of we've got the wrong personnel or it's just that we need the personnel to step up a bit quicker and potch to make a few more tweaks, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, I th- you mentioned a couple more seasons. I don't think we've got a couple no. more seasons. If, if, no. if we don't do it this season, next season is make or break. And if 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 Potts doesn't doesn't hit the ground running, then I don't see uh, any other option. But the board would have to 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 look at other options and and see if we can get something quick in to fix. I I hope we, he's he's got time. I hope we we have a turnaround this season, um, and, and I hope that you know we're we're contenders. Uh, for for the title uh, uh, or at least top four the next season, um, but you know it's it's it, three seasons of yeah. transition is yeah. is I mean crazy. particularly for a club like us as well. It just and from where we were from where we were, it does seem to be uh, it's, it's, it's too then much scary. Us, and it's like okay, are we are we doing United? Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Are we are we just just spunky money and with rudderless? Yeah. Um, well, let's hope not. Uh, <laughs> there was. Uh, let's talk about a bit about the defence. Um, obviously, partly due to circumstances, um, we've played most of this season uh, with a centre back pairing of uh, Dizazi and um, Thiago Silva. Um, Buddy Shield, who I really rate, um, had two. I don't think he was. Re- I'm not sure he was at fault for the uh, second goal. I don't think that was his man necessarily. But um, uh, I think he was. He didn't do at all. He didn't cover himself in glory with the Gordon goal, certainly. But I think he's got a lot of ability. Is that something that needs sorting out? I mean, you would have thought in the long term that clearly, well, in the long term, it's not going to be Thiago Silva. Um, should we be? And I appreciate Fafana's long term injured, but should we be looking at? finding the right pairing and absolutely sticking with them? Well, I, w- I would say so. I think that centre-back is if you can sort of build from that. Mm. Silver's, Silver's not the long-term answer. I mean, we're probably lucky that we're not playing in Europe in two games a week because, you know, he, he's, his recovery time is clearly going to be longer, yeah. long, longer than others. But if you take him out, are we organised enough? Are we structured enough? Because you know he is a highly experienced player who's been who's seen it and seen it all and done it all. And without him, I'm not convinced. Maybe with Chilwell back, maybe it, it, it starts to look a bit more a bit more rigorous. But I just you know every game you fear we're going to give away an unnecessary goal. There was goals you, you can't do anything about, and that's fine. But there were yeah. goals you can, and we we seem to be quite good at giving away goals that you can do something about. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do feel I feel for him a little bit because I mean, clearly he, you know, it was a case of he who hesitates is lost, and he did try and change his mind, and he did he he cocked up, and he and he knows it full well, and has apologised publicly for it. And as I said, as I said, you know, he he's probably earned a bit of slack more than most. But but you're right. There's there's far too many goals that seem preventable 
far too many goals that aren't just because, you know, we've been absolutely outplayed at that particular point. Um, but talking more about the defence, I mean, obviously we have to look at, you know, as, as much as I love uh, Rhys James and, as, and I've always loved Chile, um, they're not playing, you know, we're getting 20 games a season out of them. Yeah. And then we have a sending off, um, James sending yeah. off. Um, what do you, what's your thoughts on that, Mooch? Frustrating again. Do you know what I mean? It's it, we, we want to just have consistency uh, um, f- with our captain, um, and it's two yellow cards. I mean, uh, I would have really liked to have him for uh, the next two games coming up. You know, it, it finally have a bit more of a run in that he's only just come back into the side. Um, so, yeah, it. I, it's not ideal. We'll we'll have to deal with it. I mean, Malagristo had some good games, so yep. uh, it's it's not a complete disaster. But just want a little bit of uh, of. I just, I think for me, what the what the issue is, you know, other than the fact, obviously, you do miss him. You miss his physicality. You miss his, um, you know, his crossing. His uh, he's being so attack minded. Um, but and he's a skipper, of course. But mm. what worries me is that for a skipper to do something like that, I mean, there were two. I feel like the first one was a little bit harsh. You could argue that he would still thought play was ongoing. It wasn't like he he walked up to Kick a dead ball, ball yeah, yeah. and just booted it away. Um, so maybe that was a little bit harsh. But that one having been done, I mean, you know, you've got to have the sense not to pull someone back. You got and that is the sort of thing that you kind of think, you know, you've really done you've really done us no favors there, and you've done yourself no favors there. And I expect a little bit more of my captain. Well, that's it. He's the captain. Yeah. Captain's supposed to lead by example. It was it was. I couldn't work from where we were. You couldn't work out quite why he'd been booked the first time because it wasn't no. it was sort of the other. Bit. But, the, but the second one was stupid. The moment it happened, it was clear what was going to happen. He was going to go, and he, yeah. he he looked, you know, sort of sheepish, but. Um, is, there's, there is no there can be no excuse for a captain in an England national man who's won trophies to, to make a mistake like that is you know and it, yeah. and after that that was it I mean you know there was the chance of coming back yeah. has gone from slim to none you know yeah I mean I I felt like you know at three one we it, the the game was done and dusted anyway but yeah you're absolutely right I mean that that completely killed it um, and I think uh, I think it's it's not just uh Reese as well when when Cole was in the side there was there's I I you know after you know him losing it uh and uh, um oh yeah uh, I just don't I feel First. that there's there's rashness yeah. there and yeah. that, that's what I meant when you know immaturity in the side and it's yeah. like cool you know it, teams are going to have they're going to try and rile you up and if you rise to it and and get silly yellows or a red yeah. then you know, it's 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 really poor game management. You're just give, giving them giving them three points when yeah, uh, but also you know also shooting themselves in the foot as you pointed for, out for for the for next game games. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've touched briefly on Jackson. I mean, again, looking back at the game a bit more dispassionately, it wasn't that even that he did many things awfully. It was just he he did them in a way that was um, perhaps you know a, a, a striker 
in the old mold. It's striker in the Diego Costa mold in the in the Didier Drogba mold. I'm not saying he necessarily has to be as good as those players, but in that mold, would have hit that pass into the box from Sterling first time. Um, would have not taken three touches when he could have taken one um, earlier on in the first half when he was running through on goal. It's, I think that's his problem. He's got, you know, we talked about him potentially being another Kalu, and I, that might be a bit harsh, but he's, but he he seems to want too much time. And is that just a factor? Is that just a factor of the of him not really being? I mean, you mentioned this, Tim. Is it a factor of him? not being an out-and-out number nine? And do we think he might actually be an asset uh, if and when we do get Nkunku playing regularly in this team? Or whoever the centre-forward is going to be? Well, I think... Yeah, I don't feel, feel sorry for him. He's come in. He's been expected to hit the ground. Excuse me. Hit the ground running. Mm. And I just don't think he's um, he's ready for that. Whether he will be and whether they play him in a different role, it'll be better. I, I don't know, but he doesn't look like he's going to test top defences at the moment. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's. I think his figures are obviously slewed a little bit by that, uh, by the game, at, um, yeah, at Spurs. But um, so were, <laughs> here's a difficult question. Were, did any of you, did either of you feel that there were some positives to take away? Because as we've said many times before, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. this is the podcast where we try to find the positive. Um, was there anything that you could take away uh, from it that gave you, I mean, even if you didn't, you know, even if overall the game was fairly horrible, was there anything that we can say, okay, well, at least this. I think Sterling's free kick, because that's oh, yeah. only the second direct free kick he scored in 350 premier, premiership games. So Good Lord. Not, yeah, so I read that. You read that yesterday. Good stuff from, from direct, direct free kick. So, yeah. you know, it shows that he can do it, and maybe that's because we're not exactly stocked with um, uh, James Ward-Prowse, James Madison no. type players, are we? So, and he, if, if he yeah. can do that, yeah, then that's that's a, that is a significant plus. Yeah, but, that's another that's uh, another very good point because we, I mean, you know, other than Reese for free kicks, I mean. Yeah. Even our corner taking is sorry, Connor, yeah. but our corner taking hasn't been that spectacular. So yeah, it would be nice to see a little bit more of that dead ball skill, wouldn't it? But it also stops teams giving away free kicks twenty five yards out if they think yeah. that we've got a chance of scoring. So yeah, it, they stand it, off. It, 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 it puts them under pressure. But apart apart from that, I didn't see much really that that um, infused me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I said in our notes that um, in the notes that I, I wrote for this that I felt like Mudrick looked lively when he came on but I feel that's probably clutching at straws I mean <laughs> he didn't have he didn't have an awful yeah. lot to do and obviously the game was beyond us at that point but he looked lively he had some nice touches he clearly wanted to get forward he clearly wanted to be on the ball more than he got on the ball um uh, and you know I thought Sanchez in fairness to Sanchez I don't think um I don't know if this is a positive so much as a non-negative, but you know, yeah, he. I don't think he was at blame for he was to blame the four for goals. Yeah, I mean, well, I know it's an odd thing to say, but I don't think he could have done much about any of them really. I mean, the header was a click was a free yeah. header. Um, you know, but no, what what does worry me was he he was on the floor a lot. Yeah. Um, so like, and and we weren't punished for it, but there was a couple of times where he just seemed to trip over. 
and just wasn't wasn't ready f to deal with. Yeah, and a couple uh, of set pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I don't want to shit on him uh, because he's been <laughs> great uh, for you know he's, he's been great uh, saving uh, several points this season, uh, and I like him because he's a bit mad. Um, but mm. but I don't think I don't I wouldn't say it was his best game. Um, and I then I think sort of trying to gleam a positive from his performances, as you say, clutching. Um, we, yeah. we were in it uh, in the first half. That's the only thing yeah. we can say. You know, it, it wasn't. It was. Uh, you know, we weren't. We weren't. The yeah, it wasn't. Team. It wasn't, it we wasn't really the, a four-one game, was it? I mean, it was just no. as I say, we shot ourselves completely in the foot. No, it wasn't that. It was uh, Newcastle were very organised and were obviously took their chances a lot better than us. But you know, they they didn't. I didn't feel like that with every time they came forward, they were gonna they were gonna stick the ball in the net. So, is this how Spurs felt like last <laughs> month? <laughs> is this, is, yeah. Did they come away going, "What what happened?" Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, I, I suppose it's a similar sort a of second thing, sending off for them, and yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, I mean, Poch himself uh, certainly didn't spare any. Uh, you know, didn't you know came out with the full force? No, yeah. he didn't miss his words. I mean, he called it really painful. I saw an interview with him, which I think was done on, um, I know it's some a foreign station, I think actually, but he was in English and he was saying it was our worst game. Newcastle weren't great. Um, we didn't read the game from the beginning. We played without energy and with a lack of intensity. Uh, that's why I'm so upset and so very disappointed with the performance. It's our worst performance of the season. Um, uh, and to compete, he was saying this was a very interesting line. To compete is very different than just to play. Um, so, you know, he's obviously angry. Um, is how much of it, Tim? Do you think is down to him? Was there any sense on uh, in the stands that uh, he was also at fault? What What do you think? I mean, he's taken sort of collective responsibility about it. To be fair, well, I I, I think. I don't think the crowd were on his back, you know, leaving the ground at the station, whatever you. I didn't, I didn't sense that. But I think, obviously, mm. ultimately, he, he has to take responsibility. But I think he was rightly frustrated at people not doing their job. You know, basic mistakes, lack of fight, lack of, lack of leadership. I mean, I, I don't know how many of these players he'd actually want in a if he had a blank sheet of paper. And I suspect yeah. it's certainly, certainly not that all of that eleven. But he's, he's stuck point. with them, you know, um, and he's got to he's got to make the best of it. And it, you know, another season of finishing twelfth isn't isn't acceptable. With the point made earlier, we need to. We uh, I would thought at the very least we need to be in, in Europe next season. I don't want him to go. I see no point in this endless merry-go-round of managers. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I just know. want to sort of reiterate that I'm 100 back in pots, and I think you know we've got a great coach. Uh, he's 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 been frustrated by. By the results, the performances have generally been there, bar Saturday. Uh, and, and as long as we bounce back with a couple of decent results, five, oh, sorry, four or five, uh, four or six points against uh, in the next two t two games, and and I think okay, cool, we're 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 back on track. Love that. Um, I mean, let's just let's rewind a little bit because Tim before the. Um, before this little round of games came up, the three games that were sort of looked a bit scary, um, the uh, Spurs, City and Newcastle games, you know, we were finding it very hard to see where any 
points were going to come from, really. You know, if we got one or two, I think I said if we got two points, we'd feel we'd done okay. We, you know, we'd done as well as could be expected. And we've actually got four. So uh, given, just given that, you know, we have had so many injury issues, uh, it's such a young squad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do, are we, yeah, of course, he's not going to have, uh, he's not going to have uh, as much time as he would like. He's got to have to start turning things around. But given where we are, do we need to be realistic and say, you know what, regardless of uh, the performance, regardless of the outcome on, you know, we're not, we're not at the level, uh, regardless of how we did against City and Spurs, we're not at their level at the moment. Well, I think it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, we're not at that level. City, City, the crowd really got behind. The City game was was pretty special because yeah. we 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 kept going. What was interesting on 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 um, on Saturday, and it will be the same at Man United. If, if if you can frustrate those teams, the crowds don't get don't lift them. Whereas Newcastle score and the ground goes mad and it's and it, yeah. and, it, and, it and it becomes becomes much much more difficult. Uh, you know, I, I, I take your point. We got we got four points. It's a shame. That you know, we just crumbled away on um, on Saturday, yeah. and and you know, what next three games? Brighton at home that'll be difficult. United and then Everton, who I suspect Dyche will get will get fighting at some point after the uh, after after the points deduction. So mm. then then they're not easy games, you know. No. Then they well, they're, there aren't many easy games in Premiership. Sheffield United after that, you'd hope we, 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 that we yeah. would win. But at some point, we do. You know, maybe it maybe is the injuries. Maybe we need to get you know, a couple more people back, but we do need to start looking more solid and more more challenging and more rigorous. Yeah, I mean, I think the um, you know we I saw again today that um, the, uh, the 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 Victor Osman rumours are you know working their way back up in, into a head of steam. Obviously, we're not far off the the next transfer window. Telegraph was saying he's now our primary target. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it would be lovely to have a striker who is proven in a top league and looks like they really know what they're doing in front of goal. But, you know, do we feel like actually this might be glossing over some of the other issues, which we've alluded to in this pod, which are, you know, we need to get stability. We need to get a better core to the team. We need to get more goals out of the rest of the team. So we're not relying on just a, a number nine to stick the ball in. Well, I think uh, I think there's when you've got a number nine who is banging them in, um, it does. It just gives the rest of the team that confidence. Yeah, and you know, you you are more relaxed. You don't feel the pressure to to score. You're not snatching at, at, at chances when you're a goal up after 20 minutes. It, so, mm. you know, when you've got a, a player who 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 just strikes fear into opposition and 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 sort of instills confidence in your attack, that is invaluable. Um whether if if Victor proves to be that player, we will see mm-hmm. if we get him, that is even uh, for, yeah. for a price that's not sort of Napoli crazy. Um uh I'd love to see him with us i think uh he'd be a great asset uh i'm I'm, uh, tony's another option but it's it's one of those ones where you know uh he's not had a a sort of competitive game in a long time Uh, but i do like the start start of play that he is um 
knowing Bowley will probably get both. Well, <laughs> Tony, Tony is interesting because I know a couple of Brentford fans and they're almost set up for a post-Tony world. I think they, you know, the way they're playing, they think that Tony is, is going to go and whether he goes to Arsenal, whether he comes to us. I think the thing with Tony is he, he's proved he can do it in the Premier League as long as we can play to his strengths. Yeah. Whereas, you know, any, any striker you buy from overseas, unless they're Haaland, or someone exceptional it may may take time may take time to hit the ground. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a great student of um, of, of overseas football, to be honest. So I don't know how good this guy is. But Tony Tony OK has been out, but he's been training since September. Yeah, you know, and I would have thought he'd be champing at the bit. He's got the Euros coming up. We we've mm. not got an obvious cover for for Harry Kane. Tony could be that man. So he he will be hungry yeah. now. Whether he wants to come to us, whether he goes to Arsenal, whether he goes goes somewhere else, I don't know. But if we got him, I, I, I'd be absolutely delighted, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am I do like the fact about Tony, well, quite apart from the fact it'll cost a whole lot less, I, I, I like the fact that he's he's done it here in this league. And I think yeah. he's probably quite adaptable. He can play a bit of a... Osman's, uh, you know, he's a... He's a, he's a bustling striker he's a big athletic lad he's I, I find Tony's a bit nasty he's got that sort of like slightly nasty edge that I think you need to be a really successful striker in the uh, in the Premier League um, and I, I like that he's done it here so yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens with that one um, I just want I just worry that actually you know what we need to do and maybe we will do it with the players that we've got um, what we need to do is just get the spine sorted out. You know, oh, we're still not 100% sure about the goalkeeper. We're still not clear who our best centre-back partnership is. Our midfield players, though all, all very talented, aren't really firing on all cylinders. So, you know, it's almost, you know, we're kind of willing this this centre-forward to be um, a godsend to us. And actually, there's there's some other problems we need to sort out as well. Well, I, I don't... I, 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 you've not said anything wrong there. Like, uh, I, nice. I think, uh, but I, th- I just feel, you know, going back a couple of weeks, we would be, we were, we were like the midfield is purring, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to see them gel together and, and, and it's all good. All we're missing is a striker. And it mm. is kind of like, for, apart from Saturday, we, it's just been that final third where we need to finish those chances, where we need to, to, to turn those XGs into actual Gs, uh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's what we're missing, and it's and, and we keep laying the blame on 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 uh, Jackson, or, or not laying the blame, but you know um, he gets a lot of the sticks, certainly. Yeah, uh, and if if you've got someone who just you just know is going to put away that chance, mm. that's that's what we need, uh, and but that's what every players... team needs. But also dragging defenders out of the way, that make making more space for mm. you know for players behind them as well. And yeah, I think you're right. I you know I don't want to kind of again I don't want to beat up on us too much. And I do feel like we have said enough good things about this team this year that actually you know the bad we shouldn't sweep that all back away and be suicidal again after one bad game. But it was a bad game. Let's let's not uh, let's not kid ourselves. And and as uh, as Tim's already said, you know, you would think after this amount of games, and particularly after games where, a couple of games where we played well, um, that gelling would be happening by now. Um, however, uh, we look onwards and upwards. Um, Tim, so uh, you've, oh, we must just, uh, sorry, before we go on, we must just say, um, Terry Venables passed away 
on Sunday uh, at the age of 80. Um, Terry was obviously uh, our captain um, for a couple of seasons in the mid-60s. Um, started his career under Ted Drake, went on and played under Tommy Doherty, obviously. Um, I know you wrote about, obviously, Tim, in the in the Dynamo's Diamonds and Devils book, you wrote about that era in particular. Um, did anything come out about uh, Terry as a player then? I know you had some interesting... Um, you had some interesting stuff to say about his relationship with um, Doherty. The thing about Venables, he was a very intelligent man, a very intelligent football man. And in the mid-60s, players didn't really challenge the manager. The manager or the coach would say what the way it was and the players would do it. He challenged Doherty in training sessions and Doherty didn't like it. Um, mm. And he was he was flash. You know, he was doing... He was singing at the Hammersmith Palais with the Joe Lott Orchestra. Yeah. He was... He was um, he was friends with a lot of the journalists, which drove Doherty berserk. So every time anything happened at Chelsea, it would appear in the Daily Mirror on the Friday because every Thursday, Terry Venables had lunch with Ken Jones, who was their main football writer. It's yeah. that type, and other players didn't do that sort of thing. He was very confident, uh, and Doherty sneeringly called him king of the kids because the the other young players, um, George Graham, Barry Bridges, Burt Murray, sort of followed Venables' lead. You know, Venables yeah. was the main man. The whole Blackpool thing, where eight players got sent home for going out late, you know, yeah. depends on who you read. But I think it was generally taken that, that Venables was the instigator of that because he thought he could get away with it. And then, you know, and, and then the, and things started to crumble after that. But it was such a shame because he was mm. such a talented player. Mm. Um, it's a shame as well that, Alf Ramsey, the way Alf Ramsey set up for 1966, he wanted hard-working players. Venables wasn't that. He was yeah. a schemer, but he was yeah. a great ball player. He, he he worked so well with John Hollins. He worked well with, you know, setting up Graham and Bridges and Tambling and these people. And he, he he was, you know, it's a shame he fell out. It's a shame he went to Tottenham. Looking back, it might have been better if Doherty had gone in 66 and we'd kept Venables, Graham and Bridges. But, yeah. uh, you know, but he was... He, he was ahead of his time in his football thinking. And it was obvious, I think, to even then that he was going to be a top manager because he he was he was thinking about tactics when most oh, yeah. players in their mid-20s weren't doing it. He was oh, that's ahead it. of his time. I mean, he did his badges at the age of 24, didn't he? Yeah. Red, yeah. And, that was, and that, that's an amazing thing. That didn't thing. happen. That didn't happen. Yeah. No, absolutely. Then. And it was the other thing he did was that that another thing that the um, – the, the kind of the, the West Ham school did as well. You know, it was going to the pub or what, or going to the cafe and talking about, talking about tactics, you know, with yep. your other, with with other players who, and again, that didn't happen. That, that no. they were the first generation who were doing yep. that. And he was obviously born to be a manager and clearly became a very successful one. I mean, my, to be fair, my, um, you know, I, I'm not of a very different vintage to you, but don't really remember him as a player, but certainly remember him as, as palace manager uh, then going to Barcelona, then coming back to Spurs, clearly. But, you know, for for most people of my age and younger, it was um, it, he's, it was Euro 96, of course, where we uh, we got so close to uh, winning an international tournament again. And that was uh, largely down to him. Well, I think it's a shame as well that he never was never Chelsea manager. I think when he was starting his career, Chelsea was skint in the late 70s, early 80s, and he would yeah. have wanted too much money. He could have worked with Ken Bates. Maybe we could have got him after he'd gone from the England job in 1996. But we, we mm. you know, we, we we went another way. But whether he got on with Ken Bates, I don't know. He he fell out with Alan Sugar. He did fall out 
with quite a lot of people, Venables, because he was very, very strong-minded, very opinionated. But he was a, you know, it's a cliche, but he was a proper football man. And he loved, mm. he loved, obviously loved talking about football. I never met him, but I know people who did. And he was such an approachable man. He clearly loved Chelsea. He regretted the way it ended at Chelsea, but, yeah. you know, th that's life. But he was, and I would hope, I'm sure the club will pay due tribute to him on Sunday afternoon, you know. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I hope so too. Okay, gents, I'm going to uh, bring things to a close now. Um, Tim, you'll join us again, I hope, for our preview show. We're going to be previewing the Brighton match, which is coming up on Sunday. Um, uh, but until then, I'm going to be signing off saying thank you to Mooch. And thanks to you, Tim. We'll speak to you again very soon. Yep, you're very welcome. Thanks. All the best, folks. Keep the blue flag flying high. We'll speak again soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.